Welcome to Transformation. I'm Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network, proud to host this podcast series. This is another special report in our Coping with COVID edition of Transformation. Our guest is Andrea Bjornstad, who is an extension mental health specialist with South Dakota State University. Andrea, we've, we've talked a lot about stress in this program, stress in agriculture, farm stress, and mental wellness. How would you say this pandemic has, has impacted all of this? Sure. Well, thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. Um, I think that the current pandemic has just increased stress among, um, among individuals in general, and so it only adds even more stress on top of what producers are experiencing, you know, over time. Since the pandemic started, you know, producers have faced uncertain um, financial difficulties with uh, different places closing, you know, market prices only continuing um, to be impacted. So the stress has definitely increased and with uh, parents having to determine child care or homeschool their kids, that's added an extra pressure onto them. You, you talk about the, the kids, Andrea, and just the whole family dynamic has changed dramatically here. That's uh, that's certainly one of the, the lasting implications we see with COVID-19, I would think. Yes. Um, family dynamics have definitely changed. You know, you hear stories about whether it's bringing families closer together or maybe they're having more conflict in the home because they're sharing way too much time with each other. So it can kind of go either way because, you know, the pandemic has had to slow down. Like, you know, as Americans, we tend to, you know, have the mentality of go, go, go. We need to get things done. We need to be productive. Um, We don't take vacation as much. And the pandemic has really contributed to people having to slow down and and maybe take some deep breaths. So it can kind of go either way. You know, you spend too much time together and end up with more conflict, or you take some deep breaths and it can actually bring the family closer together. So really it's a part of making that decision, making a conscious decision as a family. You know, if you're experiencing more conflict in the home, well, how can we maybe spread our, our, our spirals apart in the house where we take some breaks with each other or we think about well okay you know you seem a little emotional today so how can I respond to that so really making conscious decisions of of what your family what you want your family to look like are there ways you think that we can can really support that family member or friend that we see that's maybe particularly challenged by some of this maybe it's the isolation or maybe it's uh, too much family those kind of things you know, I think it's important to be able to connect with others. So maybe helping that family member or friend to find someone that they can talk to, whether, um, and, and, you know, on, on various podcasts, podcasts that you've had, you know, talking to a pastor, a family member, a friend, making sure you have somebody to connect with. And, you know, SUC Extension has worked to do some coffee talks where we bring people together and talk about different things that are going on with the pandemic. So, um, Making sure that you have some kind of social group, reaching out to others. Uh, if if they're really, really struggling and you've seen a, a noticeable change in them, you know, especially, so for example, with producers, there's various hotlines you can call, um, mental health counselors that are available. Um, some insurance companies are actually covering telemental health right now due to the pandemic. So uh, determining whether that is an, uh, a crucial route to take is important. 
Are there some signs we should be looking for if we suspect somebody's in a in a tough spot right now? Oh, definitely. I, I do a lot of presentations on stress. And if you actually look up the stress symptoms, they're very similar to symptoms of depression or anxiety. And so it's important to know, okay, when am I stressed and when am I experiencing more, more like something like depression or anxiety? And um, so, you know, when we think about stress, we're thinking about concentration, difficulties concentrating, difficulties with our memory, uh, emotional symptoms such as sadness, anxiousness, um, uh, just a low mood. When you get it more into depression, you have more of the feelings of worthlessness or helplessness and hopelessness. And we can have some of those feelings when we're stressed, but if they're very pervasive, then that's when we start getting concerned about depression. Uh, you know, when we're stressed, we can lack energy, lack motivation. We can have issues with sleep. Uh, I know that some nights, and I, and I, I do tend to worry a little bit. You know, if I ask a room of people that I'm presenting to, how many of them are worriers? I would say 75% of people raise their hands. So if you are a worrier, you are not alone. And there are some nights I lay awake thinking about this pandemic and, and worrying about maybe, you know, what's it, what's it, how is it going to impact my kids? So issues with sleep right now, or maybe you're on the opposite side and, and, you know, you're sleeping too much. You're taking a lot of naps. You're out of your sleep cycle routine. We can have issues with eating. You know, some people are stress eaters. And uh, you can also have the opposite where, you know, if you're really stressed, you have a hard time eating. So just lots of different things, aches and pains. We can have those physical symptoms. So we look at those as, as different symptoms of stress. But when they become pervasive and persistent and you can't shake them, if you look at the DSM-5, which is used to diagnose depression, you, you, you need to have multiple symptoms that last for, for two weeks or more. So with someone that, if you're concerned about somebody, um, really look for those pervasive symptoms that the person just doesn't seem to be able to shake. What kind of support do you see, in, in particularly, I think, in our, in our rural communities as far as... Uh uh, mental health support, professional help. Over time, I really, I really observed an increase in conversations around mental health in in rural places, and so I know that the North Central region, with extension, the the different states have really focused on programming, programming to help producers and their families right now. So, you know. I, I can speak for South Dakota that SCSU Extension, had, we're, we've rolled out multiple programs of communicate, one's called Communicating with Farmers Under Stress. So we're training agribusiness professionals or even, you know, medical providers on how to communicate with producers and how to identify, okay, how are things different with producers than other people that you might encounter. Um, we also have programs just for producers to be able to identify their own stress and, come up with or learn some self-help strategies, whether it's physical exercise. You know, I'm a strong advocate for physical wellness because physical wellness is so interrelated to our emotional wellness, whether it's, you know, learning through an exercise program or mindfulness, you know, really connecting your mind and body, those sorts of things. So I think that states have really stepped up their programming, especially in extension to address farm stress right now. You you also have an increase in awareness among um, 
mental health providers. We're we're at a place where we're trying to determine how to train uh, or how to educate mental health providers on agriculture. So we're kind of trying to sort that out right now. But, you know, telemental health is always an option if your insurance company covers it. Otherwise, um, we have different rural stress hotlines in each state that um, people can call. I know, you know, for example, in South Dakota, Avera has a farm and ranch stress hotline, and it's completely anonymous. It's free. You know, producers can call at any time, and they receive, you know, some type of assistance, whether it's referral information or assistance with whatever concern they're presenting with. So um, that's a long answer to your question. (laughs) That's that's all right. When I look at this pandemic, I think it just, it's, it's so unusual. It's obviously has health implications. There's been significant financial implications. There's these family changes that are going on, and it impacts everybody around the globe, it seems, all at the at the same time. Do you see some long-term implications of, of what we're doing here in this COVID-19 world? There's probably more awareness of the need for rural broadband access because the way to meet mental health needs right now is a good portion of it is telemental health, and we have so many rural areas that lack broadband access. I also see more advocacy around telemental health as an option for, you know, really trying to focus on those insurance companies to be able to provide um, uh, compensation for telemental health. I do see a lot more advocacy, but everything I, I am currently reading is suggesting that um, we're seeing just an increase in mental health symptoms of depression and anxiety. And I think the long-term implications will be, I'm not quite sure if we have the capacity to meet those needs, those growing needs. And so it's, again, making sure that that mental health access is available in all those rural areas and maybe thinking outside the box on it. Do you find farmers in particular are are willing to to go seek out that help? I Maybe it's tough for all of us, but uh, do you think see anything in the ag community? As I said previously, I, previously I, I do present to different ag organizations and to producers, and I would say that after I present, I usually have a handful reach out to me and say, hey, I recognize that I need some help. I honestly think the more we talk about it, the more likely it will be that they'll they'll see, hey, I'm not alone. I am not alone with my struggles. I can talk about them, and and I know that um, other people are struggling too, and and it it may be time to seek help. So I do see a little bit more um, willingness to seek help. Just that idea that that there's others that are dealing with that same thing, it it does kind of give you that release valve that we're looking for. Yeah, it's it's really exciting because when I, I present, they pass the microphone around and they, they share their some struggles. And so you can see the heads nodding and the, the faces, that recognition of, hey, they're talking about that and I'm dealing with that too. I just think the more we talk about it, the more more awareness of I'm not alone, that universality, that, that sense of belonging of, wow, um, other people are going through the same thing. And, and you know, you, you've had some great stories on your podcast of people that, that have really struggled with depression and, and have found different outlets or, or different ways of coping. And I think the more they hear those stories, the more powerful that can be that I can overcome these feelings. 
good to have hope and I, I appreciate the you know just even the awareness that people are, are willing to talk about these kind of things any final thoughts uh, Andrea for us I just think it's so important that even in this pandemic to find a way to have to acquire social support, making sure that you're checking in with your neighbors and your friends and your family. And some people are are okay with less social support than others, but making sure that you have somebody you can talk to about anything that you're experiencing because with this pandemic, we are all on a roller coaster of emotions. I don't know about you, Don, but there are some days where, you know, maybe my kids are overactive and I want to pull my hair out. <laughs> and that's okay because I know that other parents are going through the same thing. Or I just think that we need to be, we need to be forgiving of ourselves right now that these times are just so hard and we aren't going to be perfect parents. We aren't going to be perfect at our jobs and to give ourselves a little bit of a break right now. So seek out that social support, whether it's with a family member, friend, pastor, check in with your neighbors, make sure everybody's doing okay. Good thoughts. I sure appreciate you joining us, Andrea. Oh, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Our thanks to Andrea Bjornstad from South Dakota State University Extension. A reminder, you can hear all of the Transformation podcasts online at rrfn.com forward slash transformation. They're also available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your Alexa system. As always, we'd like to remind you that help is available if you're dealing with a stressful situation. There's the Minnesota Farm and Rural Helpline. It's free and confidential, and all of the calls are answered by trained staff and volunteers that number 833-600-2670. Transformation is a partnership between the Red River Farm Network and the Minnesota Department of Agriculture. We also have numerous stakeholders, including the Minnesota Corn Growers Association, North Dakota Corn Council, Minnesota Farmers Union, North Dakota Farmers Union, the North Dakota Soybean Council, and North Dakota Wheat Commission. Until next time, I'm Don Wick.